Good evening, everyone. Do you know what? I was really hoping that I'd get the Britney mic, but life gets like that sometimes. Um, my name is Dingale. Most people at church call me Dings, so Dings for now, that's great. Um, and it is such an honor to get to speak to you guys tonight. Um, over the last six weeks, we have been exploring singing. Sing. Why do we sing as Christians? Who do we sing to? So in the first week, Nick covered the why. It was like, we are created to sing, we are compelled to sing. And then Catherine sort of touched on the fact that Jesus himself sang. So not a lot of people know that, but Jesus sang. So we're created in the image of a God who sings. And then I think it was, um, I'm going to say Billy. It was Billy. Billy covered the hows. How do we sing? We sing with our hearts and with our minds. So it's not just about the words or... Um, how amazing we sound, but really, like, where is your heart and your mind when you are singing? Um, and then Foxy talked about singing with the local community and the global community. So there are Christians all around the world singing together with one purpose to one God. Um, and then last week was Elliot, and he covered, um, let me get this right, he definitely covered the powerful witness of singing. So what does your, si what does your singing do um, for other people, people that don't even know God? Why do Christians sing? It's really powerful um, when we do sing. So that's basically the whole six weeks in a, in a cheeky little wrap-up. And tonight is the last one, and I'm really excited that I get to share it with you. Um, so I'm going to say tonight is a bit of a call to action. So we've been talking about the hows, the whys, and tonight is like, what are you going to do about it? And the title of today is Will You Sing? So if you're a note taker and you want to put that in your phone, please do. It's Will You Sing? And so I want us to think back to our youth. For some of you, that was yesterday. For others, not so much, but that's okay. So let's think back to your earliest memory of singing. Do you remember the first song that you ever learnt? Where were you? How old were you? And what was the song? Get your brains thinking. I know for some of you, you probably thought nursery is the first time I learnt a song. And it would have been, naturally, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, which also has the same chords and notes as A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So that might have been the first song you learnt. Um, or maybe you grew up watching a lot of TV, so the songs that you learnt would have been like jingles and adverts. So if I say auto glass repair, you say... Exactly, and that's the first song that you... Such a good advert. Um, but that's the first song that you sort of learn. If you did that, you're really special. <laughs> um, and then many of us might have grown up in church. I did, and so Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, would have been one of the um, first songs that you learned. And for me, personally, I grew up in a very musical house. Some of my family are here, which is really cool. But um, my mum was so, so musical. She was in a choir. My dad has a massive music collection. So we were all about singing and songs. And one of the first like, memories of me learning a song was when I was like, I'm going to say I was six or seven, not six and seven, but six or seven. Um, and my mum wanted to teach me a song by Lionel Richie and the Commodores. Um, so she put the tape in the boombox and she pressed play and then she played a few of the lyrics and then she paused it and I had to write them down. And we, this went back and forth, back and forth until I had the whole song written down and that's how I learnt um, the song. And you're thinking, oh, but that's really weird because there was no Spotify, there was no YouTube. What was I supposed to do? Google it? No, it didn't exist. Um, so that's how I learnt it. Um, but what is quite similar, and it might be for you and for me, our, ex our experiences of learning songs is there was a lot of repetition, so we remember them because we had to repeat them over and over. In nursery, you probably sang it 
every single day. Um, and my mum, she helped me to write stuff down and I, I read it, so I learnt it. And that's what is similar about all of these experiences. So bearing that in mind, we are going to explore singing for the last time. Well, not the last time, but you get what I mean. Um, yeah, so if you are a note taker as well, this is going to really, really excite you. Um, singing, well, we're going to use the word sing as the structure for the next 20 minutes or so. So the first point starts with S. It's going to be ooh, exciting. And you know, when I, was planning this, um, when I was planning this preach, I really wanted the first point to be Psalm, but I knew my friends would get onto me like, Psalm does not begin with S. But it was going to be so good, and I just thought, I can't do that. I can't let you down, Lord. So S is going to be scripture. <laughs> S is for scripture. So many of the songs in a church context are based on scripture. They're based on biblical truth, and they're based on the word of God. Um, so you'll find that the lyrics that we're singing, people have spent time and hours reading their Bible, getting to know what, what does this mean and who are you, God? And then they write songs um, directly based on that. And the Psalms, which is the book right in the middle of the Bible, is filled with hymns. It's filled with um, cries to God, praises to God. It's just full of songs and melodies. And it's really, really important for us as Christians to read. Um, and in fact, um, there are 400 mentions of the word sing in Psalms, which means it's a pretty big deal. And there's a songwriter called Matt Redman. You might know him, you might not. That's okay. Um, he has a song called Better Is One Day. Yeah, Better Is One Day. And I'm just going to read you the lyrics. It says, Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Um, and so this is based on Psalm 84.10. And this psalm is about nothing is greater than spending time in God's house. So I could do this, I could do that, but better is one day just in God's house than anywhere else. And so the psalm says, I don't know if it's on the screen, if it's not, and you have your Bible, it would be great if you could turn there. So it's Psalm 84.10. And it says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Like, that is crazy. Like, I would rather risk my status and be a doorkeeper in God's presence than to have tents and comfort in wickedness. So it's pretty powerful how scripture inspires our songs. And it's crazy because I could give you so many examples. I really, really love music, but I've I, yeah, got to keep it, keep it succinct. Um, so another song that we sing at church, um, especially here, if you've been to New Community a few times, you will hear it. It's called Reckless Love. Um, it's by a guy called Corey Asprey, and I can only imagine what he was thinking when he like, wrote this song in the lyrics. Um, so he says, Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Wow. It talks about like, God's love for you. Before you were even born, he was singing over you. Um, and the scripture for that is Zephaniah 3, 17. Um, I'm going to read it. If you've got your Bible, turn there. That would be great. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love, and he will exult over you with loud singing. Isn't it crazy to think that God sings over us, and he has been doing since before we were born, and he will continue to sing? Um, so what does that even look like for you and I? Why am I even saying this? Are there like ways that we can be more intentional about reading our Bible? Because I feel like if we get into the scriptures, 
we can learn more about the God that we're singing about. Um, and then it's, it, you, can, you have a connection more if you actually know the person you're singing to. So a, 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 a not an easy, but a nice place to start would be the Psalms because they're just simple reads, but they're powerful and they're full of truths. Um, and yeah, you get to know the God that you're singing about. And it's amazing what can, what can happen when you delve into the scriptures. So the first point was sing. Yes, really exciting. Next point is I. So I, I was thinking, I, what could I be for? And then I thought, in every season. So I think we all know that life is full of seasons, right? Life is full of highs and it's full of lows. It's full of um, really good things like some of you have got your results and you're off to uni or GCSEs. It's full of getting married, I don't know, getting a new car, sorting out your botanicals in the garden, whatever it is. <laughs> botanicals, oh my gosh. Yep, that's a new one. Um, life is just full of seasons. It's full of really exciting things and it's full of laughing together in church. But we also know that life is full of some real hard times, like serious lows. Um, and regardless of our situation, we are encouraged to sing in every situation. Regardless of what's going on, we should sing. Because when we sing, it takes the focus off of ourselves and what we're going through, and it, li- it puts it back onto God. So it's like, wow, I'm going through this thing, but you're so worthy, so I'm going to sing, and I'm going to put my, my focus and my trust back in you. But I'm not going to say it's easy because it's actually quite hard, especially when you feel like, I haven't got a song to sing. You don't, you don't get what I'm going through. That's great for you, but no, you don't know what I'm dealing with right now. But when you do sing in every season, you acknowledge God's presence and you remember that he's with you. Um, so how would you, how would you handle the most painful and stressful situation in your life? Some of you might be going through that right now. And I know it's quite difficult to talk about, but I think it's important to be open and to be honest. How do we deal with these kind of situations? For a lot of us, singing isn't like our natural inclination. I'm going through this, right, I'm going to sing. Like, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. Um, so at the start, I mentioned growing up in a musical house and I mentioned all the fun that I would have with my mum when she would teach me songs and spending time together. Um, And I talk about my mum a lot, so if you know me, you will hear my stories. And um, I I share it because it's what brought me closer to God, and it's the reason why I'm, like, even standing on this stage. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it was the way I was able to put my trust in God. So I just wanted to share something which is, I think it's pretty powerful and I'm, I'm hoping it will bless you in some way. Um, so my mum, she unfortunately passed away two years ago. Um, she was really, really sick. But she had such a hope in Jesus. That was, it was far greater than her sickness. It really was. And until her very last moment, she was singing. 
Um, so she was really, really sick, and um, she was too sick to be at home. So she had to move to a, a hospice. Um, and I just remember, like, the doctors, whatever they're called. Oh, thank you. The doctors at the hospice, they give you a, um, a checklist of what to expect if someone's, like, passing away or, like, almost going. And they sat me and my brother down, and they told us, this is what to expect. We're like, ooh, okay. Um, you know, you're going through something, but you're not really, like, processing it. You're just going through it. And I remember this was the day before she passed away. She had all, all the things that they said were happening. And I just really wanted to recreate those moments that we had when I was young. And we used to sing together. And I thought, that was the thing that connected us. So I'm going to put on music. So she's lying in the, in, the hospi- in the hospice in the room. She's not speaking anymore. She's, like, past that stage. And I put on Lionel Richie. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is going to work, yeah. Um, So I put on Lionel Richie um, and nothing really happened. And I was like, oh, I really want those moments. I just want her to wake up and sing with me, but I know it's not going to happen. And then I just felt, I knew, I was like, I've never seen faith in Jesus like this before, so I'm going to put on worship music. So I put on a worship song, and I'll just read you the lyrics of the song. So it says, through the storm, yet I will praise you. Despite it all, yet I will sing. Through good or bad, yet I will worship. You remain the same, King of Kings. You are the voice of hope, the anchor of my soul. Where there seems to be no way, you make it possible. You are the Prince of Peace amidst adversity. My lips will shout for joy to you, the Most High. And so I put that song on, and I just sat there. And my mum sat up, and she, her, her mouth moved like she said the words, where there seems to be no way you make it possible. And I was like, why is no one else in the room? I, I can't believe she's, she's, she's singing. Like, they've said this is the end, like, there's nothing that's going to come from it now like she's on her way out and it was something about the power of those words and the scriptures that she was able to sing in in any season and I remember thinking okay God is real um and then when she said those lines she closed her eyes she like like lied down and she passed away the next day um but despite staring death in the face because of her hope in Jesus, she was able to sing. Um, and I, I'm, not te- I'm not sharing this story or telling it for spectacle or some sort of reaction. I don't want any of that. I'm, te- I'm saying it because I want you guys to know that Jesus is real and he understands our pain. And so we might not, we might not understand God's ways. We might not always understand why he does stuff the way he does. But please believe he understands your ways and he understands your brain and he understands the way you think. Um, And like I said before, I know it's difficult to sing when you feel like you don't have a song. But we're singing to a God who gets it, who understands. Jesus really understands. He gets human experience. He was fully God and he was fully man. 
Um, in Mark 14, we read about Jesus. Um, and he is at the Last Supper with his disciples. And he knows what's going to happen. He knows what is next. He knows what's next in his journey. And they're all fellowshipping and having fun and, and drinking and eating. And he knows where he's going to go and that he's going to die and it's going to be the most excruciating pain that anyone's ever felt. But his reaction to dealing with that was singing. He sang a hymn. They all sang a hymn. He knew what was happening and they sang. And that's why I said Jesus understands, even in the face of death, he understands that singing is so powerful, especially when you take your focus off of yourself and you put it back to God. So in that time where he sang... He took the focus off what he was about to do and he just said, all for you like the father. So the verse is Mark 14, 26. And it just says, when they had sung a hymn, they went to the Mount of Olives. And I just wanted to explain a bit more in verse 15. In verse 15, in chapter 15, which is the next one, it is really emotional to read what happens next to Jesus. Like, he is so distressed. He doesn't want to... He's like, if there's any way you can take this cup away from me, please do it. And then he's, he resolves in himself and he says, but not my will, but yours be done. And he asks the disciples, he's like, guys, can you stay up and pray with me? Like, I'm so stressed. I'm, I need you to, to, to help me. And they're like, yeah, sure, we, we will. And he comes back and they're sleeping. And he's like, guys, I need you to pray with me. Like, you don't understand. And they're like, yeah, Jesus, I'm just tired. <laughs> like, I know I've definitely been there, but um, yeah, and he's explaining to them, some of you are going to betray me, and they're like, oh, no, Lord, not me, never, I would never betray you, and they betray him, and he says to Peter, you're going to deny me three times, and Peter's like, God, I literally would never deny you, like, I know everyone else could, like, Thomas always doubts, but not me, like, I would never deny you, me, look at my crepes, like, he would never, never deny him. <laughs> what does he end up doing? He literally denies Jesus three times. Um, and the little girl's like, aren't you the guy that was with Jesus? And he's literally avoiding it. And he was like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> but he was the one that was with Jesus. And having all... Do you know what? Please read Mark 14 and 15. Because you get to understand the God that loves you and that sings over you. Jesus is the perfect example of singing. And it's important in every season. And because Jesus sang, you and I can sing too. So um, N, N, well N doesn't stand for, but N is no other name. Not only did he sing, Jesus is now the focus of our songs. As Christians, we sing because of what Jesus did on the cross. He took our shame and our sin and he exchanged it for a new life with him. And we didn't have to do anything but believe in him. Um, the last book in the Bible is called Revelation. And this is where John the Apostle has a vision of what is to come in the end. And when Jesus comes back and what the future looks like for our world. Uh, and chapter 4 presents a picture of the throne room of heaven. 
And I just want you to imagine that the throne of heaven, like how, I mean, we can't, um, our human minds can't even like comprehend 10% of it. I'm sure Nick would know the real, the real stat. <laughs> but just imagine the throne room of heaven. And remember, N, N is for no other name, right? So in heaven, there's day and night worshippers. And they're just, they're just worshipping God and they're saying, um, so I don't know if the verse is up, but in Revelation 4, 8 to 11, I'm just going to read 8 and a bit of 10 and 11. It says, they never rest day or night, but keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then a bit of verse 10 says, they worship the one who lives forever and always. They throw down their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive honour and glory and power. Jesus is so worthy of our praise and adoration. Imagine 24-7, just constant worship. Worthy, 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 no other name. The reason for your song, because of what he did, it's just constant. And when we sing in church, we're joining in. It's like we just slot in at a time where they've been, they've been doing it and then we just join in, then we dip out like, it's, it's mad. <laughs> but Jesus is so worthy. Um, and so one of my favourite worship songs, Amy's my housemate, and she can testify to this because I only listen to five songs on rotation. <laughs> but one of them is it's by a singer called Lucy Grimble. And she says in her song... It's called Just Like You. You don't have to look like anybody else in the way that you worship. Just love him like you love him. God has made you uniquely, so you don't need to be in church and think, I don't know how to raise my hands like this person, or John's got a really good prayer stance, how do I do it? Like, <laughs> you don't need that. You don't need to worship like anyone else. Just love God the way that he's created you to love him. G, gospel truths. What I've been speaking about is the good news. We call it the gospel in church. So you might hear that word being thrown around, gospel, gospel music. But that stands for the good news of God and what he's done for you and me. And it's ultimately what unites us, not music. But don't get me wrong, like having a preferred genre in music is okay. It's not a bad thing. It's not wrong in and of itself. It's just not the core focus of why we do what we do. Personally, I love Afrobeats. So if you know me, that is just, I feel like in heaven, they have the best Afrobeats and I'm so for it. Like, I'm so ready. Good. <laughs> I'm ready. But I don't love people just because we have the same taste in music. Can you imagine how weird that would be if you only love people that like what you like? That's not what God was about. That's not what Jesus is about. It's about him. And it's about not striving to be the best singer. So we've just been talking about singing. And so it's not about how can I make my vocal technique sound great? How can I be the best vocalist? All of that stuff has its time and its place. But it's about singing because God is worthy. And it's not about singing out of habit either or singing in a religious way. 
because God looks at our hearts and he doesn't want, he doesn't, there's, there's only one, I don't know if it's one time, but there's a time where God, he won't accept your worship if it's not from your heart. And a way that I can put it to give some context is if you're in a relationship or you have a friend or a family member and you ask them to do something and they do it out of habit, like there's no love in it. It's so frustrating. An example, oh, please, could you take me to, I don't know, the airport? Okay. Or I've just asked you, could you like take out the trash or something? Like there's all these things that people do and you know how it feels to want someone to do something and then you know that their heart's not in it. It's like really disappointing and God created us so what more him when we sing but our hearts aren't in it he would rather you you didn't sing and so that's not to condemn you or make you feel bad but it's just to know that when you sing sing with your heart and your mind and that comes from connecting with the gospel and reading the bible and then your heart automatically want to sing and so I don't think that it's something that you have to strive for and it's like okay Dings just said all this stuff now I need to go and no no rest in the gospel truth yeah. So um, in Amos or Amos, depending on where you are in the continent, um, <laughs> in, in Amos um, 5, 21 to 23, this is just a scripture where God talks about rejecting Israel's worship. And he says, I hate your festivals. I despise them. I'm not pleased with your religious assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offering and grain offerings, I won't accept them. Spare me the sound of your songs. I won't listen to the music of your harps. Wow. Singing, it's, it's more than just words. It's heart and mind. And there's no other name. And you can sing in every season. And you can use all these stuff, the scriptures, to, to help you. Um, and don't leave here feeling the weight of it or overwhelmed. Just know that God wants to, he wants you to just worship him the way that you worship him. And so the good news is that you and I can have faith, not in our own abilities, but in what Jesus did for us. Um, and there's a song by Hillsong and it's called, uh, Hillsong's like a Christian band from Australia, pretty cool. Um, and they have a song, and I think this sums up perfectly us not putting faith in ourselves, but in what Jesus did. And it says, Trading your life for my offences, for my redemption, you carried all the blame. Breaking the curse of our condition, perfection took our place. When only love could make a way, you gave your life in a beautiful exchange. It talks about, wow, this is all that Jesus has done for you. And, and it, it just reminds us why he's so worthy. Um, so, yeah, as the band come up to play, um, I want us to think about what does this mean for us? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for me? What can we take away? And will we sing Psalm 119, 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. So the precepts being like God's word, I will focus, I will repeat, I will spend time in it and I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will take my, my attention off 
not forgetting what you're going through, but focusing on the one who's greater than what you're going through. So for some of you, this might look like during the worship time that we're about to have, putting your pen to paper and actually taking notes. If there's any like lyrics that you really resonate with, write them down and then reflect on them, repeat on them, spend time on it, sing it over your week. Remember how you learnt songs when you were young because we repeated them. You still remember them. Why can't we do the same for um, what we're doing now in, in church? It worked then. I'm sure it will work again. When I talked about my mum and I shared that, maybe that really resonated with you too. The story of her singing and having hope in Jesus. In every season, just know that you can cry out to God because his love for you isn't based on whether you're having a good time or an awful time. He sang so that you could. This might be like your first time in church and you're not a Christian and you're just thinking, this is really strange to me. I don't get it. Why would God sing over me? That's okay to have questions. I get it. Some of the stuff does sound strange. And that's completely okay. We'd love to like talk to you afterwards about what this means. And there's going to be people at the front who can answer some of the questions and get discussions going. But I really want you to go away knowing that your questions are okay. Come and explore. Find out why there is no other name. Gospel truths. God isn't looking for your... vocal technique or your skills because of Jesus and what he did you are free to sing and to fix your eyes on the cross and on his ways so wherever you are on your journey today my prayer is that you would just realign your heart and your mind with gospel truth pray that you would keep on singing 